इट्स टाइम टू अंडरस्टैंड कि प्रॉब्लम क्या है इट्स बीन ब्रॉन्स इट्स बीन ब्रास इट्स बीन ब्रेड इट्स बीन अ मशीन इट्स इवन बीन कॉल्ड अ हैंड क्रैंक अ ब्लड सर्क्यूलेटर अ रोलिंग पिन अ मसाजर a head massager and today it's popularly called as the rabbit or the magic wand the dildo and so many more names it's basically a worldwide 152 million 500000 dollar industry so india mein problem kya hai it's legal it's illegal there is a middle line you know what today on whack a lawyer and owner of a sex toy company and i will break down india's sex toy dilemma i spoke with lekesh dholakia a lawyer and solicitor to understand the legal barriers to india's sex toy industry the customs acts its loopholes and well just how did we even get here I began by asking him the legality of sex toys in India and what exactly does the law say Well there is no section as uh, specifically to sex toys or the IPC it basically talks about obscenity and that okay. anybody who transmits or publishes or anything which is obscene in nature it can be print mm. it can be an article it can be any other item it can be a video etc which is mm. if it is obscene then mm. it becomes an offense section describes it as something which is uh, obscene or lascivious or appeals to the prudent interests of persons you know that's how they sort of defined it so with this definition i'm curious to know what exactly is defined as obscene it is totally subjective and it's purely up to the person who's actually evaluating it at that point in time so that's pretty vague <laughs> Next I wanted to understand how the customs authorities deals with sex toys and what are the laws that are in place over here Customs act okay and the customs authorities they have what is known as a negative list with them and whatever is mentioned in that negative list is banned is not allowed to be imported under any circumstances if anything which is under the category of sex toys is basically banned for import so that's the problem now what happens most of the times is that these uh, products okay they are branded as sex toys however lekesh continued to mention that if the product was identified as something other than a sex toy say like a massager or a lube or anything that isn't explicitly labeled as a sex toy it just won't get flagged by customs so the minute it comes in the hands of the customs officials at the import uh places in india they see hmm. this sex toys and they immediately say this is a banned item i thought of one caveat how do chemists then sell penis rings over the counter i mean it's mostly sold in all metros so here's what lekesh said have you seen the packaging of those rings like exactly what you're saying i mean for under any circumstances that is it provocative even if they display it on the shelf itself 99.9% of the people will not even know what it is so how then do you prevent sex toys from looking obscene see you are you're not violating the law okay because uh, as a catalog uh, under that's personal we were selling a lot of vibrators and those mm-hmm. vibrators were uh, not at all resembling any body part okay and they were very stylishly designed mm-hmm. they were in the yeah. form of a lipstick or a pencil Or even if it's lying on the table, you wouldn't even figure what it is exactly. 
So obviously that would not fall for all of the law. A motorized toothbrush or a battery operated toothbrush. Okay. You could use it for whatever you wish. <laughs> and finally, I wanted to understand how did we even get here? How did our laws evolve to what they are today? See, we are still uh, governed by laws which are very archaic. Okay? If you're looking at purely from, an, from a legal point of view, because there are two mm-hmm. different things. There's a society point of view, there's a legal point of view. Okay? So if Correct. a legal point of view, if you're talking about it, then we are still following the laws drafted by the British a quarter of a century, more than a century ago. There have, there have been certain uh, you know, influences in, in our society throughout history, uh, which have actually deviated uh, us predominantly from what originally uh, we were. Okay, so that's the problem. So what you're looking at now, okay, is more of an infraction of what it was earlier. When we had these external invasions, okay, you had first the Islamic invasions. So they brought with them a certain sense of censure, which you can actually see in most of these Islamic countries of Parda and, and, and the uh, Hijab, etc. So that, to a large extent, demolished the earlier societal norms, which were so free in Hindu India. That was one. And secondly, even the advent of even the Christian missionaries, which came in in the early 19th century, so they carried with them a certain sense of what is right and wrong, even from a sexual point of view. Okay, if you read the 19th century British history, you will get a complete idea of exactly how they viewed sexuality in society. That's how they brought that in with them. And they made the laws governing their perception of sexuality across the world. And we still unfortunately follow them. We have heard of Indian citizens who ordered from Amazon and other websites internationally that were actually asked to come to the customs office and explain their purchases. They were then ridiculed and embarrassed and in spite of having done all that, their products were then confiscated. Remember the very recent incident that happened in Goa where a physical store was opened and very quickly moral policed, vandalized and made to shut down. Even some big online businesses don't want to take a chance and are having to shut their online stores. So to get a glimpse on the business side of this, I spoke with Samir Saraya, the CEO of That's Personal. The booming industry around the world, it's a booming industry in India. I think this whole pandemic has added a lot of new users to the business. So there was overall approximately a 65% uh, increase in total number of orders and revenue in India there's been a redistribution of what we call disposable income. And this is something in terms of, you know, home entertainment, if you can call it home entertainment, that people are investing in. He went on to explain what has led to the boom in this industry in India. There have been times when, let's say, tier two cities have shown a dramatic increase over the previous year. And a lot of this has been really fueled by two basic things. One is the, 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 you know, the growth of the smartphone in the country. Technically, the whole e-commerce industry has grown dramatically, the whole ecosystem. Um, and that obviously, you know, has really helped this category of products and, you know, the whole distribution to smaller cities, smaller towns, faster distribution. Further in our conversation, Samir mentioned that the ratio of female shoppers was higher compared to male shoppers. Actually, we have a ratio of about 64 to 36, 64 men, 36. And that kind of remained constant and it's pretty good for a country like India. But we do find that uh, the basket value of women are higher than men. And we did come across some cities in India where there are more women shoppers than male shoppers. 
And to a great extent, the way that these products have been packaged has also contributed to the boost in sales. There are many, many millions of users like me who are uncomfortable to buy even condoms at a local store. That consumers would buy online because they don't want to buy offline. And then we did a lot of innovation on the whole delivery side so that it's not only nobody knows what you bought, but even the delivery chain should not know what you bought when they deliver to your house. It should be totally private and anonymous. More recently, in 1954, there was an amendment to the Drugs and Magic Remedies Act of 1954, an act that was created to prohibit the advertisement of treatments which are supposed to hold magic qualities to prevent self-medication of harmful drugs. There are about 78 new aspects to this amendment, but the most famous one is the ban that we know of, of fairness creams, where now they cannot be labeled as fairness creams. Instead, they are now to be labeled as glow creams or something similar. For sex toys, however, Samir shared that the rules that apply to advertisement of these products, well, they are very vague. For our category, it was far more difficult because they added things like anything to do with sexual pleasure, anything to do with sexual enhancement, anything to do with sexual performance. And it was not really well written. So there was too much of gray in that. And most of my products could fall under this. Because, you know, you're buying these products either for sexual pleasure or enhancement or performance. And therefore, with an act like this, it kind of made the, the product portfolio fairly high risk. And we took a call to say, let's hold back till we get clarity on what the actual final law comes out and then decide what we want to do in terms of which product we want to go ahead with. For that's personal and similar brands, this act makes their business pretty high risk because of the ambiguity that surrounds it. While that's still not an act as of now, it just makes this business very, very high risk because we really don't know what's going to come in terms of the law and we want to be you know, clearly on the right side of the law. I went on Amazon and typed sex toys and plenty of vibrators, <clears throat> sorry, massagers popped up. Now I'm assuming that they're getting shipped in brown boxes. But what's the problem? Why do people think that sex toys are so harmful to our society? Remember Dr. Mahindra Watsa who used to write the sex column for Mumbai Mirror as a sexologist? Well, he himself said that sexuality is an integral part of a human. Some people may resort to the use of sex toys not just to enhance their sexual pleasure, but even just to facilitate it. What about people with disabilities? Why should they be denied something that is an integral part of the human experience? What about couples in long-distance relationships? What are they supposed to do? Even historical texts of India have spoken of sexuality. The very obvious Kama Sutra is peppered with so many details of sex toys. The section that is titled as the Upanishadika talks about various types of apparatus that is being used for sexual intercourse. Dildos or sex aids that were made of all these materials. Even sex toys made from hollowed-out pumpkins and bamboos that were moistened with oil and ointments. Oh, and by the way, before sex toys did enter the Indian household, the most common sex toy that was used were basically things that were lying around the household. Things like Nokia phones, bananas, cucumber, Nivea, and even Amul butter. And at the end of the day, like the lawyer said, 
These laws are over a hundred years old and they were defined by a morality that was not really Indian. We as Indians are stuck with these laws and worse still, for some people, it is even considered to be a part of their Indianness. Unfortunately, the only people who can change these laws are our politicians, who A, are mostly old men who are way past their sexual prime, or B, not interested in coming across as liberal-minded about sexual affairs. Maybe in a few decades, a new breed of rulers will take over who have been young in the age of the internet. Hopefully, they will be braver and smarter. The question you have to ask yourself is that when it comes to these kind of matters, are we in a good place? Are women even feeling safe? Is everyone feeling adequately provided for? Or do we have a country with a lot of frustrated people? If your answer is, that this is as good as it gets and there is no need to change anything, then what can I say? But if you think that it's time that we behave like mature adults and stop this hypocrisy, which when it goes on for as long as it has, it can sometimes lead to unfortunate and ugly outcomes, or at the very least, create a country full of people who could be happier, but choose not to. My name is Frisia, this is Back, and if you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can always go and check it out on YouTube. And don't forget, I've also got my social media handles. If you have heard this episode and you think it's worth a shout out, I would love to hear from you, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'll catch you again very soon. Ciao! Thank you for listening to this episode of WAC. To make sure that you don't miss out on a new episode, subscribe to and follow the show on this app right now.